ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا وسيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله Amma ba'd, so we come now to the final section of Al-Aqeedah Al-Tahawiyyah, and that is the statement of Al-Imam Al-Tahawi, rahimahullahu ta'ala, وَلَا نُصَدِّقُ كَاهِنًا وَلَا عَرَّافًا وَلَا مَنْ يَدَّعِي شَيْئًا يُخَالِفُ الْكِتَابَ وَالسِّنَّةِ وَإِجْمَاعَ الْأُمَّةِ That we do not believe the kahin and the arraf. They are the sorcerers and the fortune tellers. The sorcerers and fortune tellers and their likes of people. We do not believe in what they say, we reject the fortune tellers, we reject the sorcerers, we do not accept or believe in what they say. And that is because, as Ibn Abil Iz al-Hanafi, rahimahullah ta'ala, mentions in the explanation, that is because the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam warned us against the fortune tellers and the sorcerers in the Quran and in the Sunnah rather. So there is a hadith where the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam said, "Man ata arrafan fasalahu an shay'in." لم يقبل له صلاة أربعين ليلة. That whomsoever goes to one of these fortune tellers, sorcerers, tarot card readers, the magic ball readers, all of these types of people, the palm readers, Whoever goes to any of these fortune teller kind of people and asks them, asks them for a reading, asks them for what is going to happen, asks them for what knowledge they have regarding his future affairs, then that person, his prayer will not be accepted for 40 days. A person who goes to these fortune tellers, card readers, palm readers, etc. and asks them regarding his affairs and what's going to happen, then that person, his prayer will not be accepted for 40 days. He must still Pray, of course, but he will not receive the reward for 40 days. In another narration, 
من أتى عرافا أو كاهنا فصدقه بما يقول فقد كفر بما أنزل على محمد that whomsoever goes to these fortune tellers, sorcerers, and asks them, and believes in what they tell him, then that person has disbelieved, committed kufr in that which the Prophet ﷺ came with, has disbelieved in the revelation that came upon the Prophet ﷺ. Ibn Abil Izz al-Hanafi also mentions, وَالْمُنَجِّمْ يَدْخُلُ فِي اسْمِ الْعَرَّافِ عِنْدَ بَعْدِ الْعُلَمَةِ Some of the scholars they say, that within this topic, you can also include reading the star signs. A person who claims to be able to give you readings regarding your life based upon your star signs, based upon movements in the stars and the planets, then that type of person is also included in this warning. There's another hadith. In Al-Bukhari and Muslim From Aisha radiyallahu anha She said Su'ila Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Anil kuhan That the Prophet sallam was asked about these fortune tellers, sorcerers Faqal laysu bi shay The Prophet sallam said they are nothing the fortune tellers, these sorcerers, they are nothing, they have nothing. They are all liars. They don't speak the truth. We know in another narration how the jinn, they climb on top of each other's backs. The jinn climb on top of each other's backs until they reach the heavens. So they can try and eavesdrop. And what is being said, sometimes they manage to eavesdrop and pass on the information to the next one below them, to the next one below them, to the next one below them, before one of the shooting stars strikes them. And sometimes maybe they are struck by the shooting stars before they are able to pass on any information. If they do manage to pass it on, one jinn to the next below, to the next (coughs) below, until that piece of information that they have eavesdropped from the heavens gets to the lowest jinn, he then takes it to the fortune tellers and the sorcerers. And then that means these fortune tellers and sorcerers have one piece of information that is actually correct. They then mix that one piece of truth in with a hundred lies. 
and then they present that to the people they are doing their readings for. Afterwards, those people when they go away, the only thing they are going to remember is what? From the hundred lies that they were told, this is going to happen, that's going to happen, none of it comes true, but they forget about all that. What will stick in their minds is that one piece of information that occurred as the fortune teller said it would. So then they say, look, he said it was going to be like this and that's exactly how it was. And they forget about the hundred lies besides that. So the Prophet ﷺ told us they are nothing. They are nothing. So then, it was said to the Prophet ﷺ, when the Prophet ﷺ said, they are nothing. It was said to him, Ya Rasulullah, O Messenger of Allah, إِنَّهُمْ يُحَدِّثُونَ أَحْيَانًا بِالشَّيْءِ يَكُونُ حَقًّا That sometimes they say things, they might say something which turns out true. فَقَالَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ تِلْكَ الْكَلِمَةِ مِنَ الْحَقِّ That one statement of truth يَخْطَفُهَا الْجِنِّ A jinni steals that, sneaks that from the heavens. فَيُقَرْقِرُهَا فِي أُذُنِ وَلِيَّهِ And then he goes and whispers that, passes it on to the one who is his wali, his friend and companion, the sorcerers and the fortune tellers and the magicians. فَيَخْلِطُونَ مَعَهَا أَكْثَرَ مِنْ مِئَةِ كَذْبًا And then those fortune tellers and those sorcerers, they mix more than a hundred lies around that statement of truth they've managed to steal from the heavens. And then they put all of those lies to the people, all of that lying to the people, and then there's this one statement of truth. So the people, they go away, and all they will remember, and what will stick in their minds, is that one statement of truth. They will say, look, he said it was going to be like this, and that's exactly how it happened. And they forget everything else. So these are some narrations that highlight the complete impermissibility of going to the sorcerers, going to the fortune tellers, going to these types of individuals, the magicians. And we spoke about this before also. We spoke about this topic of magic and the magicians and the impermissibility of going to them or even watching them even on TV. Haram to be watching magic shows and magicians and fortune tellers and sorcerers. 
Haram to be watching it or listening to it. Haram to be reading your star signs. All of this is from the impermissible and forbidden aspects in Islam. And the Prophet ﷺ has clarified to us that all of these activities, they occur from those mushrikun. They occur from those who are with the shayateen of the jinn. And they do not occur from a Muslim. In another narration, we are told regarding the star signs in particular, and regarding the movement of the stars and the sun and the constellations, etc. There is a hadith in Al-Bukhari and Muslim, that on one occasion, the Prophet prayed the Fajr prayer with the companions, and that night it had been raining. Overnight it had been raining. So when they prayed Fajr, after they finished the Fajr prayer, the Prophet ﷺ turned around to face them, and then he said to them, أَتَدْرُونَ مَاذَا قَالَ رَبُّكُمُ اللَّيْلَةِ Do you know what your Lord said tonight? After they finished the Fajr prayer, I remember it had been raining overnight. The Prophet ﷺ turned around after the Fajr prayer and said to them, Do you know what your Lord said tonight? قُلْنَا اللَّهُ وَرَسُولُهُ أَعْلَمُ they said, Allah and His Messenger know best. Qal, the Prophet ﷺ said to them, that Allah said, أَصْبَحَ مِنْ عِبَادِي مُؤْمِنٌ بِي وَكَافِرٌ That Allah said tonight, from my servants there are those who became believers and those who became disbelievers. Some were believers, some were disbelievers tonight. فَمَنْ قَالَ So the ones who said, مُطِرْنَا بِفَضْلِ اللَّهِ وَرَحْمَتِهِ The ones who said, we have received this rainfall by the virtue and the mercy of Allah. فَذَلِكَ مُؤْمِنٌ بِي Then that one is a believer in me. كَافِرٌ بِالْكَوْكَبِ And a disbeliever in the stars and the constellations and the movements and believing that they are the ones that impact what happens on this earth. وَمَنْ قَالْ But as for the ones who said مُطِرْنَ بِنَوْءِ كَذَا وَكَذَا فَذَلِكَ كَافِرٌ بِمُؤْمِنٌ بِالْكَوْكَبِ As for the ones who say that we got the rainfall tonight because of certain stars and their movements and how it works, they impacted upon the rainfall occurring for us tonight. Then those people, Allah says, have become disbelievers in me and have become believers in the stars and the magic and the sorcery and those things. So, that is a narration which highlights one of the common things these days with people, the star signs. It is haram to be reading the star signs. A person cannot say out of interest, let me just see what they say. 
A person cannot say out of interest, let me just watch that program about the magician. He says he can do this, he can do that, he's going to do this live show. Let me just see how he does it and what he does. Haram to be watching those and engaging in affairs of magic. In the Quran Allah says, لا يفلح الساحر حيث أتى A magician will not be successful ever wherever he comes from. The magician can only become a magician through committing shirk in obeying the jinn. And that's why in some true stories it is mentioned about how on one occasion they caught a magician. There was a raid on a particular property in one of the Muslim countries. They had a tape off regarding this particular property and that there was a magician in there. And so they went to that property and raided it. And they discovered it was indeed a magician in that house. And what they discovered was that in the middle of his room was a pile of feces and urine, and that the jinn had told this man he has to sleep right there. And then they found ayat of the Qur'an written around some of the parts of the walls, but they were written inside of pictures of naked women. Various types of evil that the jinn had made this magician do. He did all of that. He did all of that. Which is kufr of course. Degradation, insulting the Qur'an. And then on top of that, he would of course have to prostrate to those jinn. Sleep and live with the feces pile in his room. He did all of that. That's what the jinn commanded him to do in exchange that they would then help him to do weird and wonderful and magical things that humans can't do. So that's how he became a magician. That's how you become a magician. You submit yourself to the shayateen of the jinn. You are obedient to them. And then they will give you and aid you, help you in doing things that humans can't normally do. So when other humans see that, they say, that's a magician. Look at what he can do. And he's doing that with the help, with the help of the uh, shayateen of the jinn. Doing that with the help of the shayateen of the jinn. So here we're being told in this section again, explicitly, that it is haram to be involved in any type of magic. Haram to be visiting and asking and listening to the fortune tellers, the sorcerers. Haram to be reading your star signs or to be watching any of this magic or anything on TV out of interest. Haram to be involved in any of those affairs. And the one who does it mentioned in that narration, his prayer will not be accepted for 40 days. The magician is a kafir. And magic is haram. This is not something minor. 
This isn't something minor that a Muslim thinks it's no big deal, you can watch a show on TV, entertainment. Haram to be watching that. And your prayers may not be accepted for 40 days. Just by watching it on TV. Doesn't have to be that you physically go to a magician or a fortune teller. By watching it on TV, that is the equivalent of it as the scholars have said. And so the hadith may be applicable to you too. That your prayer would not be accepted for 40 days. So that is something to be aware of. And do not be fooled by the ignorant of our times. The ignorant of Al-Maghrib Institute and others like them who try to belittle this issue. And they say, no, there are different types of magic and this type is okay and that type isn't. And it's only black magic that you can't do. And the sleight of hand and the other forms of magic are okay. That is their extreme ignorance, their jahl, showing that they do not understand the Qur'an and the Sunnah. So be warned from all forms of magic and magicians and sorcerers, tarot cards, crystal ball readings, palm readings. That is from the sign of a magician. When they do those types of things, it is from the signs of a magician. When they do your palm readings and they say, give me your mother's name, give me your family name, they ask for certain details and they do your palm reading, the scholars have said, that is from the classical signs of a magician. When they ask you for your mother's name and they ask you for this and that detail, and then they look at your hands, that type of thing is from the classical signs of a magician. So be well warned to stay away from those affairs because it is real. Magic is real and it does occur. And by the permission of Allah, if decreed, magic could kill a person. Magic could kill a person. Magic can make a person ill and diseased. Magic can harm a person, take away his mental faculties. Magic can have an impact upon a person, no doubt. Even when the Prophet ﷺ had magic done to him on one occasion, there was hallucinations. The Prophet ﷺ was imagining that he saw something occur and it didn't occur. So certainly this magic is real and a person needs to make sure they are well warned from it. Then after that, Imam Al-Tahawi says, وَنَرَى الْجَمَاعَةَ حَقًّا وَصَوَابًا that we see the unity Jama'a being united upon the truth that is the correct methodology Ahlus Sunnah wal Jama'a united upon that correct methodology the Aqeedah that is what we view to be correct. And as for splitting and differing, Imam Al-Tahawi says we view that as misguidance and punishment. So do not be confused by the so-called hadith where they say, اختلاف أمتي أو الخلاف في أمتي رحمة 
differing in my ummah is a mercy. That is a fabricated narration, it is not even a hadith. And it is completely in opposition to the principles of the religion. Differing and splitting is not a mercy, it is a punishment. Unity is the mercy. Unity upon the Qur'an and the Sunnah. Unity upon the correct methodology. Allah commanded us in the Qur'an to be united. Cling on to the rope of Allah, all of you together, and do not disunite and split. وَلَا تَكُونُوا كَالَّذِينَ تَفَرَّقُوا وَاخْتَلَفُوا مِنْ بَعْدِ مَا جَاءَتُمُ الْبَيِّنَاتِ Do not be like those who split and differed after the evidences came to them. وَأُولَئِكَ لَهُمْ عَذَابٌ عَظِيمٌ And for them there will be a great punishment. In the hadith, the Prophet ﷺ told us, إِنَّ أَهْلَ الْكِتَابَيْنَ افترقوا في دينهم على اثنتين وسبعين ملة that the people of the books Torah and Injil the Jews and the Christians they split up into 72 sects وإن هذه الأمة ستفترق إلى ثلاث وسبعين فرقة أو على ثلاث وسبعين فرقة أو ملة and this ummah, it will split up into 73 sects. This ummah will split up into 73 sects. All of those sects will be in the fire except one. And then the Prophet said, The one that is saved is that jama'ah. That congregation united upon the Qur'an and the Sunnah. In another version of this hadith, the Prophet ﷺ was asked, Man hum? Who are they that saved sect? He said, Ma ana alayhi al-yawm wa ashabi That which I am upon today am my companions. So unity upon the religion is what is required. As for splitting up, that is what brings evil. In another narration it mentions, إِنَّ الشَّيْطَانَ ذِئْبُ الْإِنسَانِ كَذِئْبِ الْغَنَمِ يَأْخُذُ الشَّاةَ الْقَاصِيَةِ فَإِيَّاكُمْ وَالشَّعَابِ وَعَلَيْكُمْ بِالْجَمَاعَةِ وَالْعَامَّةِ وَالْمَسْجِدِ that the shaitan is like a wolf to mankind. Just like the real wolf is to the sheep. That wolf, when it goes after the sheep, it picks out the sheep that is straying separate from the flock. Separate from the rest of them. The sheep is by itself astray, the wolf goes and picks out that one and takes it. The same for the shaitan. He is like a wolf to mankind, this narration says. That he picks out the stray individuals. 
those who are not united, they are not with Ahlul Sunnah, they are not upon the Jama'ah. So that is something which certainly applies. The narration itself with that wording may not necessarily be considered a hadith, but the point behind it is clear. The point behind it, even if the narration may not be considered authentic, the point behind it is clear. That if you break away from the jama'ah, then you are an easier target for the shaitan. And that is no doubt true. So what is required of a person is to be united upon that jama'ah, to be with Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah. Then after that, he says, Al-Imam Al-Tahawi, وَدِينُ اللَّهِ فِي الْأَرْضِ وَالسَّمَاءِ وَاحِدٌ وَهُوَ دِينُ الْإِسْلَامِ The religion of Allah on this earth and in the heavens is one. The religion of Allah on this earth and in the heavens is one. وَهُوَ دِينُ الْإِسْلَامِ And that is the religion of Islam. قَالَ اللَّهُ تَعَالَى Allah said, إِنَّ الدِّينَ عِنْدَ اللَّهِ الْإِسْلَامِ Indeed, the religion with Allah is al-Islam. And Allah said, وَرَضِيتُ لَكُمُ الْإِسْلَامَ دِينًا That I am pleased with Islam as your religion. And وَهُوَ بَيْنَ الْغُلُوءِ وَالتَّقْصِيرِ This religion is balanced, not in extremism and not in negligence. Neither going to one side on extremism, neither going to the other side on negligence. It is the balanced religion. وَبَيْنَ التَّشْبِيهِ وَالتَّعْطِيلِ And this brings us full circle back to the beginning of our discussion at the beginning of the book. He says our religion is balanced, not in excessiveness, nor negligence, neither in making resemblance of Allah to creation, nor rejecting the names and attributes. That was the opening sections of the book talking about the aqidah. وَبَيْنَ الْجَبْرِ وَالْقَدْرِ And you remember regarding the decree, there were some people saying that we are just compelled to follow the decree and do whatever is decreed. We have no choice in anything. And others, they went to an extreme and said, we have absolute choice, Allah doesn't even know what we're going to do until we do it. The ghulat, they used to say that. He mentions here, we are in the middle between that. Yes, Allah has decreed everything and Allah knows everything, but... At the moment of doing it, Allah has given us the choice. Yet Allah knows what choice we're going to make. وَبَيْنَ الْأَمَنْ وَالْإِيَاسِ And similarly, our methodology is a balance between hope and a loss of hope and fear. Between the two, neither do you go into extreme with your hope, and neither do you go into extreme with your lack of hope and loss of hope and fear. Ahlul Sunnah balanced between the two. 
And that is something Allah commanded us within the Qur'an to be balanced, not to be extreme in our religion this way or that. So Allah said in the Qur'an, قُلْ يَا أَهْلَ الْكِتَابِ لَا تَغْلُوا فِي دِينِكُمْ O people of the book, do not be excessive in your religion. Do not go to extremes in your religion. In another hadith, the Prophet ﷺ mentioned when some of the people, they came and they said, لَا أَكُلْ اللَّحَمْ وَقَالَ بَعْضُهُمْ لَا أَتَزَوَّجُ النِّسَاءِ وَقَالَ بَعْضُهُمْ لَا أَنَامْ عَلَى فِرَاجِ When some of them, they came and they asked the wife of the Prophet ﷺ about the worship of the Prophet ﷺ. So when they heard the type of worship the Prophet ﷺ does, they wanted to increase their own. So one of them said, I'm never going to eat meat. I'm going to focus, no meat, no luxury, just upon worship. Forget the meat, no more meat ever eating meat. Just vegetables, bits and bobs and get on with my worship. Another one said, I will never marry. Forget all that, just focus on worship, never marry. Another one said, I'm never going to go to sleep. Meaning, night time, stay up all night, every night, get some kip during the day, get some sleep during the day, but stay up all night, every night doing my worship. When the Prophet ﷺ heard about these statements from those men, he was angry. The Prophet ﷺ was angry, even though they were saying all of those things, encouragement to increase their worship and do more. When the Prophet ﷺ heard that, he was angry. He said, مَا بَالُ أَقْوَامٍ يَقُولُ أَحَدُهُمْ كَذَا وَكَذَا What is it with these people, they're saying these things? What is it with them that they are saying these things? لَكِنِّي Then the Prophet said, but look at me. أَسُومْ وَأُفْتِرْ I fast some days and I miss it some days because in one of the narrations, one of the men said, I'm going to fast every single day. The Prophet said, what's wrong with these people? Why are they saying these things? I fast on some days and I miss some days. وَأَنَامْ وَأَقُومُ And I sleep during the night for some part of it, and then I get up for some other part of it. Don't stay up all night every night. وَأَكُلُ اللَّحْمُ And I eat meat. I eat meat. أَتَزَوَّجُ النِّسَاءِ I get married to women. فَمَنْ رَغِبَ عَنْ سُنَّتِي فَلَيْسَ مِنِّي So whomsoever turns away from my sunnah, the way that I've done it, upon balance, Whoever turns away from that, then that person is not from us. So this indicates we are not a nation of excessiveness. It is not a case of going to extremes. Rather, it is balanced upon the worship, upon sticking to what is in the Qur'an and the Sunnah. Then the final point Al-Imam Al-Tahawi makes here. At the end of explaining all of those points in the book from the beginning to this point. He says, فَهَذَا دِينُنَا This is our religion. This is our religion. What you've heard in this whole book. وَاعْتِقَادُنَا And our aqeedah. What you've heard in this book, that is our aqeedah. 
ظاهراً وباطناً Openly and inwardly That is completely what we are upon Outwardly, inwardly, nothing to hide That is our aqidah, that is our religion وَنَحْنُ بُرَآءٌ إِلَى اللَّهِ تَعَالَى مِنْ كُلِّ مَنْ خَالَفَ الَّذِي ذَكَرْنَاهُ وَبَيَّنَّاهُ He says, and on top of that, we declare our innocence from anybody who opposes all of this, or any of this. We declare our innocence from anybody who opposes what we've mentioned here and what we've clarified. This aqidah, this religion. Anybody opposes that, we declare our innocence of them. And so that in reality... In reality, it includes the people of deviation when it comes to aqidah, the ashairah, and their likes who distort and change and alter the names and attributes of Allah or make tafweed and say, we just leave it to Allah, we don't know what, what it means, what's going on. All of those discussions we had, Imam al-Tahawi says, we declare our innocence of those people, those who are opposing what we have clarified here. وَنَسْأَلُ اللَّهِ تَعَالَىٰ أَنْ يُثَبِّتَنَا عَلَى الْإِيمَانِ And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make us firm upon iman. وَيَخْتِمَ لَنَا بِهِ And that Allah makes our end, our conclusion upon iman. وَيَعْصِمُنَا مِنَ الْأَهْوَاءِ الْمُخْتَلِفَةِ and that Allah protects us from the different types of desires out there. Protects us from all of those deviations and desires. And all of these different opinions and interpretations of people. And these degraded and lowly methodologies of the people, these degraded and lowly understandings and practices of people where they reject their names and attributes, don't affirm them, all types of things that we've mentioned. We declare our innocence of all of those types of people. We ask Allah to protect us from those types of people. For example, he says, which types of people? Al-Mushabbiha. Those who compare Allah to creation. Al-Mu'tazila, Al-Jahmiya, Al-Jabariya, Al-Qadariya. These are names of people, of groups of deviation from the early times. From the early times they had different types of deviation. Some of them with names and attributes. Some of them with iman issues. Some of them with decree issues. Various issues. وَغَيْرِهِمْ And other than them. مِنَ الَّذِينَ خَالَفُ السُنَّةَ وَالْجَمَاعَةِ From those who opposed the sunnah and the jama'ah. And that includes the ashaira and the maturidiyya. They opposed the methodology of Ahl al-Sunnah. وَحَالَفُ الضَّلَالَةِ And they were as though they took oaths upon that misguidance. And they were upon that misguidance. وَنَحْنُ مِنْهُمْ بُرَآءَ and we are innocent of them. We declare our innocence of them. 
وَهُمْ عِنْدَنَا ظُلَّالِ وَأَرْدِيَاءِ And they, as far as we are concerned, are misguided individuals. And they are lowly and debased individuals. وَبِاللَّهِ الْعِصْمَةِ وَالتَّوْفِيقِ And in Allah lies that protection and that success. All protection, all guardianship, all success, it is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And upon that point, Al-Imam Al-Tahawi rahimahullahu ta'ala concludes this book, this aqeedah, where he has clarified the various aspects of the religion in. And that is a very important book. And everybody should revise over that book and read over it again and again so that you remember the methodology of Ahl-Sunnah when it comes to the names and attributes of Allah so that you are not misguided by the Ash'a'ira, the Maturidiyya, the ones calling themselves the Diobandiyya these days and other names they have for themselves. They are upon deviated understandings of Aqeedah. And I can guarantee you, not a single one of them will have ever studied Tahawiyah to that level of detail. They do Tahawiyah in ten sessions, done and dusted. Here, there, quick look at each point and you're gone. No discussion in reality about what the names and attributes really is. None of them have this level of detailed reading into the explanations of the books of the Sunnah, the books of Aqeedah. So this is the reality of the methodology of Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'ah. And that is where we'll conclude for today then. We praise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for allowing us the opportunity to complete this book from beginning to end. And inshallah ta'ala, next week will be an open lecture. No book, no particular book. It will be an open lecture next week. Uh, a one-off open lecture. So invite your friends, families, a general da'wah kind of lecture, open lecture to everybody. And then in two weeks' time, we'll decide on the new book and we'll advertise it and everything else. And begin with that then in a couple of weeks' time, inshaAllah ta'ala. Any questions or anything to add before we round off for tonight then? As-salamu alaykum. Salaamu alaykum. That is not something unusual. The fact that there was a couple and they couldn't have a child for many years, two decades or more, and then they go to what is often referred to in English as the holy man. They go to this peer, they go to this wali of Allah as it is claimed. He does what he does, and half of the activities that he does are probably haram as well, in terms of touching the female and all types of things. And then he makes, inverted commas, some duas for these people and whatever else he does. And then later on, uh, very soon after that, all of a sudden she becomes pregnant. That is not unusual. There is nothing unusual about that. That is something which Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah spoke about from centuries ago. 
that this type of thing is istidraj. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala may sometimes allow something like this to occur as a further test upon them. Just like it used to happen in the olden days. Ibn Taymiyyah says people used to go to the graves of the so-called awliya. And they may have been. They may have been. They used to go to their graves and make dua there and ask them for help and intercession and everything else. And the spirits of those awliya used to rise up out of the graves and talk to these people making dua to them. And they would help these people and go do things for these people. So these people used to say, it works. We go to the graves of the awliya, the great awliya. They come out, I saw his face, it was him. It was him. I saw the face, I recognized him. They came out of the graves and they help us and they do this and they do that and they answer our dua. And the reality is that was just the shayateen of the jinn taking the appearance of those people in the graves and rising up out of the graves as though they are them. And these people now believe it's working. So that is nothing to do with this peer or the so-called wali. He hasn't done anything. Allah has decreed that pregnancy. But now it becomes even more of a test upon those people. They now think it's because of that. It's even more of a test upon them. And maybe sometimes when a person goes down that route, then this is what occurs. The decree becomes like that for you. Uh, uh, these tests become severe upon you, even more so that you now believe it's working. And in reality, it's not working at all. That is from Allah. Nothing to do with that guy. Nothing to do with what he's done. So these people who do this, it would appear that it is, a, uh, it is due to extreme jahl extreme ignorance that they do these things. So for those people, they require education. They require to be taught the correct aqidah, to be taught the correct methodology. Most of them have never been taught. Most of them have never learned anything about religion, about aqidah, about anything. Barely know anything about the religion. So what is required is to give some da'wah to these types of people to call them to the truth, to call them to the correct aqidah, to warn them against going to these types of people, to explain to them that these people have no impact on this, this is from Allah. They need that da'wah. That is what is required for people like that. You know the um, ruins that you talk about with magic, mm. does this also apply to the illusionary magic, like slight hand and stuff like that? Absolutely. It is haram, illusionary magic, sleight of hand. It is impermissible. There are two types of magic. There is the actual magic with liquids and potions and various bits and bobs they use. And they may cause a person to die, may cause a person to hallucinate, may cause a person to feel pain. The voodoo dolls they put uh, needles into, that's real. Magicians do that. They actually do that. Then there is the other type of magic, the illusionary magic, the sleight of hand. And that type of magic is evidenced, that is correct, it occurs. And that is the type of magic that occurred at the time of Musa salam. When the magicians came, they were doing illusionary magic. Those sticks of theirs, they had put some chemicals inside of them. When they shook the chemicals, they reacted with each other. And they caused the wood or the sticks to move about. And it appeared as though they had become living snakes. 
Both of these types of magic are haram and impermissible to engage in. Sleight of hand, you get those games and things, hide the, the coin in your hand and do the card tricks. Haram to be playing these things. Both types of magic are impermissible to engage in. Sleight of hand, illusionary, or the actual magic, all of it is haram Islamically. Now there's some uh, people in... Um, regarding uh, they go to the pier and the pier might ask for an item of clothing as well this is how we were discussing before these these types of things are from the signs that this individual is involved with the jinn asking for an item of clothing asking for your mother's name asking to see your hand all types of things like that they are from the classical signs that this person is upon something that is certainly not the Quran and the Sunnah Certainly avoid those people and run away from them. If somebody is healed or, or thinks he's, he's a victim of a uh, bad act, what, what's the best thing for him to do? Read the Quran? Or, or? That is the primary method of preserving yourself. A person needs to be practicing his religion properly. The supplications is one of the key things. Dua for when you wake up in the morning. Lots of duas you can read when you wake up in the morning. How many do we read in the morning? Lots of duas when you go to bed. How many of those do we do when we go to sleep? Duas after every prayer that are in the sunnah. How many of those do we do? Dua when you leave your home. How many of us did the dua today? When you left your homes and came out. Dua for when you leave your home asking Allah to protect you when you're outside. Dua when you go back into your homes tonight. As in the hadith it mentions, when you walk back into your house tonight and you don't do the dua, shaitan walks in with you. You do the dua, shaitan stops and says, it mentions in the hadith, if you do the dua as you're walking in, shaitan can't go in. And another shaitan says to him, that's it, nowhere for you to stay tonight. And when you go into your house then and you eat and you start with the remembrance of Allah, then that other shaitan says to his colleague, that's it, no food for you tonight either. In the narration it mentions it. But as for the one who walks into his house, no dua, sits down to eat, no dua, then the shaitan says, tonight we've got a place to stay and we've got food to eat. So a person who is negligent, doesn't remember anything, doesn't know anything, doesn't read any duas, nothing, then what type of protection is that person giving himself from Allah? Allah will protect you if you take those means. So a person who thinks something bad is going on, this is the primary way. First, sort yourselves out. Start doing your supplications, morning, night, evening, wudu, prayer. This is the key. Because a person who is strong in tawheed and practicing, it is much more difficult for the shayateen to come and have any impact upon you. You know when you're doing the rupiah, for example, on yourself, mm. you might only three calls before you sleep. Can you, for example, blow... Adults, there's no need. Adults can do it themselves. But for the children, some of the scholars say you could do it because the child is below the age of puberty anyway, doesn't understand perhaps. So you could do that and read upon a child. But for adults, every adult does it for himself. Is that correct to say or is there a different meaning to Mawlana? Mawlana in Arabic isn't the same as how they talk about Mawlana in Urdu. Mawlana, Mawla in Arabic is a legitimate word. It means the one who is uh, 
your protector, your guardian, uh, like they might say, Allah is our mawla. That's okay, in Arabic it's a different thing. But uh, uh, that wording for the, the, the supplication there, I don't know it. I don't know it, I don't know it. Anything else? I'm not sure about this. That is what they mention about Al-Aqeedah Al-Wasatiyah. That Shaykh Al-Islam Ibn Taymiyyah wrote the whole of Al-Aqeedah Al-Wasatiyah between Dhuhr and Asr and in one narration between Dhuhr and Maghrib. But I don't know if that is applicable to this book. Last question. Um, uh, what do you advise like, Muslims who sell like, these Chinese portion cookies inside their restaurants? And... It is haram and you are incurring sin upon yourself. You are incurring sin upon yourself for doing that. Severe sin. This is from the major sins, magic. Kabair. It's not something minor. Selling those types of things, you are incurring major sin upon yourself. And that will count in your balance, your weighing scale of evil deeds on the Day of Judgment. Everyone you sell. Haram. Take the halal income for yourselves and don't sell these types of things or give these types of things to promote your business. On the Day of Judgment, a servant will not move until he is asked two questions about his wealth. Where did you earn it from and where did you spend it? Did you earn it halal and then did you spend it in halal? Or did you earn it haram and then spend it in halal or then earn it haram and spend it in haram too? So a person needs to be careful with those affairs. The words, um, you know, the believers are all yard to, to each other. <clears throat> How do understand one? All yard to each other, meaning that the believers, they are helpers and protectors of one another. Physically. Physically and in all affairs. Allah will be in the assistance of a person as long as a believer is in the assistance of his brother. So that they are awliya to each other, they are protectors one another. As Allah said in the Quran, the believers are brothers. That's what it means. So we'll round off there tonight then. Inshallah ta'ala next week the open lecture. Try and bring your friends, family, everybody else. You can do an open lecture next week and then after that we'll start the new series.